So what's up? Uh, not much. Me still from yesterday is up. Yeah, you kind of stayed up on <laughs> kind of an all-nighter energy on this one, huh? Yeah. But you went up since last night, so that's... <laughs> How you feeling? Okay. Not really. All right. <laughs> it's fine. That what I would expect, considering we had to reschedule this from yesterday because you had like a, a killer headache. It's just impressive that you managed to... <laughs> well, you overshot I, your recovery. You recovered I think it's because much. I went to back to bed after that. <laughs> Please stop paying for my grandma. She is too strong. <laughs> and it's G-R and then capital A-N-M-A. My grand grandma. grandma. Yeah. But, so you stayed up until how late playing Arknights, was it? I was like three. I didn't even realize because I, I didn't have any time to look at. I thought it was a lot earlier than it was. Yeah, there is no clock built into the Arknight system. <laughs> I think there is, but only on the home screen, and I don't yeah, notice and it. Fuck going there. <laughs> you were just you wait. So you you weren't even like backing out to to hit banners. You were just like busting through the campaign. Uh, I don't remember what I was doing. <laughs> That's fair. I, I spent have... a, a lot of the time I spent in the base. I got because uh, I pushed through the campaign to get the the level four base upgrade. So uh-huh. then I had to dig up and rebuild and reassign the entire base. Oh, that's what I was doing. I remodeled all three of my dormitories. <laughs> nice. I'm just getting I this reminded me to just log in and get my dailies done for <laughs> Arknights. <laughs> just my login bonuses. I mean not I'm not actually doing anything while we're while we're talking here. Just tapping Gotta the buttons get... and say, here's a free thing for opening the app today. <laughs> that's really most in. of my interactions with that game have been lately. I have not actually sunk too much time in actually playing it. Uh, but it's good. I like it. I pretty much play it. I just play it like in bed when I'm going to bed. It doesn't take that long to do all the daily stuff. Yeah. It's got cat girls. It's got wolf girls. <laughs> War crimes. War crimes, yep. It has a, it has a, one of my favorite characters is Project Red, who is a wolf girl. And she and is really obsessed with other, other, other like dog girls in the base are afraid of her, but... <laughs> But it's only because she really wants to touch their fluffy tails. <laughs> it's a good game about cute animal girls doing war crimes. It's the best genre. Just... <laughs> it's a great, great video game. Game of the year 2020. It's the it's the first gotcha game that's gotten me to give a shit. So that's a, <laughs> yeah, that's a feat in and of itself. It's very hard now, too. Yeah, <laughs> just, I've heard it. I gets, just got I'm... the great line where someone's like, about to call someone by their real name, they're like, no, that person's dead now. Call me Skull Shatterer. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, and she's just like, okay, Skull Shatterer. (laughs) Performing a microaggression accidentally by deadnaming your partner Bone Breaker by accidentally calling him Mark. Bone saw is ready. Bone saw is... God, what? (laughs) What? (laughs) Just... No, not adjusted for art style or anything. But in this game, there is you, you can get a seven star drop, and it is just a, a, a high a high quality JPEG of Bone Saw from Spider Man movie. <laughs> S- Spider Man could be a could be a character. Oh, absolutely! I'm surprised. I, I'd be surprised if he wasn't. But 
In a, in a more literal sense. Yeah. What, what's, what's, I, there's man spider in the comics, right? Yeah, the, well, there, I know there's man bat. I don't know about man spider, oh. but it, yeah, if I'm thinking I'm... If, to think about man spider, I'm thinking about, like, Byakuya from Undernight Inbirth, the fighting <laughs> game, which is a deep cut that I don't know if anyone listening to this is going to know. But we respect, we, in this house, we love and respect spider boys. Do so you want to do this podcast? <laughs> Sure. Also, Man Spider exists. Okay, cool. Glad. <laughs> I'm proud. Of, I'm proud of Spider Man for finally finding his true love. As does the man. As does Spider's Man, who, who is still the best. Yeah, Spider's Man is like the alternate Earth Spider Man, who's just like a, bu- a man made of spiders. Right? Yeah, he's just a bunch of spiders wearing the suit. That's really good. <laughs> Speaking of swar- being killed by swarms of insects. Hey! Welcome to Fear Rating, everyone. It's your number one biblically, uh, no. Revenge-motivated, biblically-influenced murder podcast. I'm That's Sarah. Cool. I'm Anne. Yeah, joining me is Anne, back from, uh, what was the movie you did last time you were on, Anne? Uh, I think Prince of Evil. Prince of Evil? I think I'm pretty sure that's what it was called. The one where Satan, where Satan was a, a goo from another dimension. Where Satan was a what? Yeah, it was like a it was like an extraterrestrial or extra dimensional fluid. Oh, the John Carpenter one. <laughs> yeah, and Jesus was an alien. Uh, I think it's uh, is that Prince of Darkness. Yeah, it might be Prince of Darkness. Yes, that's the one. Okay. There's a lot of very similarly named movies. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, and it's been a minute since you've been on. What have you been up to? Uh, not much. I'm working in, I think, I think I was probably working for a game company last time I was here, and then I wasn't for, like, two years, and now I am again, so. Nice. Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, I'm not working <laughs> right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I lost my job this week, so uh, I'm uh, getting through it. sucks. Yeah. Making it through, though, we're gonna gonna finally take this podcast you know as much as losing my job sucks i gotta say like being unshackled from capitalism for a brief because pe- like on, on on monday by the time you're hearing this like i so i, I lost my job earlier this week and I, i've just been like taking the week to kind of compose myself and relax being unshackled from capitalism even for a br- period as brief as like four days it has been so relieving just like I, I, I am not bound to anything. I am just, I am, ju- I am simply just vibing. <laughs> uh, yeah, I can. I never relax because it's always like, well, how long do I have before I have to go back? Yep, yep. Uh, but let's get off of that topic. Uh, programming note right up front: uh, we are taking every fourth week off uh, fear baiting. So 
this week we we had we had Sue, we had JB, and we have Ann now. So next week's gonna be an off week, and then we'll be back in the week the week after that with a new episode. Just you know, give me extra break time. Uh, but anyways, uh, so we've got uh, upcominghorrormovies.com. Uh, you seen those trailers for The Invisible Man? I haven't. I saw like I've seen like the five second GIF trailers that they put on Twitter. Like oh the yeah, one where there's there's a guy sitting in a chair. That's the oh whole yeah, thing. <laughs> that's, when you're that's sitting the in your trailer. chair. <laughs> um, but th- this th- I I think I've already talked about it on this podcast, but I'm excited for this version of the Invisible Man that's coming out. It's got um, I can never remember her name. Do you know who I'm talking about? The fucking woman from Handmaiden's Tale. Uh, she no, was also I didn't, on Mad I didn't Men. Watch it. I, I I didn't watch either of those. Damn. Anyway, she's the lead lady in this, and she's like the her the, the titular Invisible Man is her abusive boyfriend who faked his death and became and Detroit became invisible. Sure. So it's look it looks pretty it looks interesting. Um, there yeah, are also so it it does sound more like a remake of Hollow Man than a remake of The Invisible Man. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but it sounds like a better remake of Hollow Man, which I'll take. Um. I also, also didn't see Hollow Man. I just remember that very clearly. Yeah, same. Uh, there's also uh, uh, The Hunt coming to theaters, I, finally. I refuse to learn anything about that because it keeps telling me that everyone's talking about it. And that's the first <laughs> thing it says, and I'm like, well, fuck you. The thing about it is that it's not a movie that I'm probably going to see, but like the the inability of the right-wing media to com- to understand anything is so fucking funny because like <laughs> if you watch that original trailer it is so obviously about like like the the it, like okay so setting aside the fact that the most dangerous game stories have existed forever like the uh, uh, like the rich hunting the poor for sport uh-huh. ignoring even ignoring that subgenre it is so obviously a, a a film in which the conservatives are the heroes and the <laughs> The ivory tower liberal coastal elites that have put them in there are the bad guys, but the right wing backlash is like they're just trying to kill us all. This is a this is this is the the, the liberals are the hero of this, and I just I don't understand how you could misunderstand the movie that badly. Oh Jesus! And I know I I know how you can. It's by by like being in an industry that subsists itself off of rage clicks and everything. But still, it's just very fucking funny that they misunderstood that they willfully misunderstood the conceit of that movie to the point that they got it delayed by like a year. <laughs> right wingers are so fucking stupid. It's incredible. But yeah, I'm probably not going to see that movie either. Yeah. No. <laughs> I um I, I I for for a moment for a second I confused it in my head with the movie where Daniel Radcliffe has guns bolted to his hands, <laughs> but I know that's not the same movie, and I'm very excited to see Daniel Radcliffe gun hands. <laughs> I don't remember that one, but it did. Remind Radcliffe me of... handgun car door. <laughs> it did remind me of a Swiss Army Man. Yeah, yeah, Radcliffe, I do love how much Daniel Radcliffe has just been like, okay, I have more money than God from being Harry Potter, uh, fuck off any, anything, I'll just take, just like absolutely taking whatever he likes that comes across his desk. Just the weirdest things he can find. Is that what Cage did? Blair's not here, so Blair would be the, Blair would be the expert. <laughs> Blair, feel free to cut in with your, with your expertise here if you'd like. Hi, it's Blair, who is a robot now. Anyway, it's actually the opposite case for Nick Cage who is in insane amounts of debt and has to take basically every role offered to him so he can pay off his 10 fighter jets or whatever. Anyway, off I go. 
I don't know. I just saw Mandy. Oh, that's right. And Color Out of Space should be available now, so I need to see that. But Mandy was, like, really good. It was, like, the one... He almost made it through the whole movie without seeming like he was overacting it. I need to rewatch Mandy. I feel like that movie kind of slid... Like, like it kind of just, like, flowed over me when I watched it for this podcast. <laughs> uh-huh. I need to watch it again. I think the I think the environment probably helps a lot. The fact that I was watching it in like a, a quasi lit room with uh, on my computer monitor, like at full screen, was probably not helping the mood lighting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but this week we didn't watch any of that bullshit. We instead watched the abominable Doctor Phoebes. Fibes? Fibes. Fibes. Uh, it's Fibes, sir. Uh, the, the abominable Doctor Fibes. Uh, and just just to be just to be clear, uh, that was that was Anne quoting from the movie, not oh, Miss Jenny. Yes, sorry. <laughs> just no, I I got it. I just want to make sure the audience didn't think like, damn, Sarah just let Anne do that to her. <laughs> no, I was yeah. I was quoting detec- uh, Inspector Trout. Yes, Inspector Trout, the abominable Doctor Fives, which uh, was a genuinely delightful movie. I'd heard nothing about it going in, but I really liked the time I spent with it. Like it's it it's, was it's incredibly fun. Yeah, so let me just give a brief, uh, let me just give a brief rundown of this movie. So, um, these doctors start getting murdered, like these surgeon doctors and shit. They're getting murdered by uh, uh, these things that are biblical plagues. The first thing is, uh, is it bees? Yeah, the first one that doesn't actually happen on screen is the guy gets stung by bees, and they say that his face is covered in boils. So that's your plague. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but it's all it's all biblical plagues, and it turns out that this is all. These are all happening to doctors who were operators on this one's this one surgery, uh, Mrs. Fibes, who uh, they fucked up and she died. And Doctor Fibes, uh, the titular Doctor Fibes, when he received the news, tried to zo- speed all the way over there with his car, but he crashed and also died. You know, th- this is this is something that occurred to me. Is so the the conceit is that he was rushing so fast that he crashed his car and died, but then later we find out that, like, obviously he's not dead, so the ashes were probably his chauffeur. Why was his chauffeur driving so crazily? Probably just an engineered accident. Like, probably fake. Oh, yeah, Probably sure. everything was fake. But, um, so... Deep fake. The OG deep fake before computers. <laughs> the OG deep fake is just, like, forging dental records. <laughs> um... But, so, it turns out that uh, Dr. Fibes is targeting, um, what was the other doctor's name? I kept thinking it was Vesuvius, and it was not uh, it. The, the lead doctor? Yeah. Vesalius. Dr. Vesalius, yes. Dr. Vesalius, Dr. Vesalius. Dr. Vesalius, Dr. Vesalius. Doesn't really fit, does it? Not really. It's okay. It's funny to some people, I'm sure. <laughs> So we find out that Dr. Fives is trying to take revenge on Dr. Vesalius and his team of doctors for uh, botching what, what Dr. Fives sees as intentionally botching the surgery on his wife that led to her dying. I don't, I don't know. It, it seems he seems his final speech just seems so completely unhinged. It seems like he legitimately doesn't believe surgery works. <laughs> I, he doesn't, uh, well, he doesn't okay, so, express well, first of all, that. First of all, surgery is fake. So jot that down. Okay. Yeah. Deep fake. Um, when the doctor the doctor said they did surgery to put my leg back together, but uh, actually I put my foot in a cast for like eight weeks, and then my my bones healed. They just put me they just put me in anesthetic for twelve hours to make me think they had to do something. 
Yeah, he's but he he doesn't like express disbelief that they like tried or did it on purpose. He expresses disbelief that you could possibly try to save someone by using a knife. Yeah, and that's what the he's like, Doctor Vasilis. If surgery is really real, you can save your son with it. And then Doctor Vasilis like, okay, he, I guess he guess does. I'll save my son. <laughs> yeah, which is like ah shit. Uh, I well, go. I, have, I have to go bury myself now. <laughs> when you remember that embarrassing thing you did ten minutes ago, so you go bury yourself in a casket for the, until the sequel? Actually, I, I don't even think he, he knows. I think he just kind of goes, well, I hope that works out. I'm going to yeah. mummify myself. <laughs> yep. So sending me with the, just putting me with the old missus, the old ball and chain to the grave. <laughs> Um, and then, yeah, he seals himself in the casket, casket and the inspectors are like, well, I don't know where the hell he could have gone. I guess I guess this is the true darkness, the final plague. Uh, I guess he'll be back in the sequel. And then there was a sequel. <laughs> but that's, but the, that's, the, that's the core plot rundown of this movie. So now we can just t- jump around and talk about things that we thought were funny. And <laughs> yeah. Cool. So um, it starts so, with t- a ten-minute musical sequence. Yeah, I, I, my, it, it, my notes just say literally. I love this Phantom of the Opera ass intro. <laughs> yeah, there's Volnavia, which I don't, I don't think they ever say her name in the, in the like out loud, but it's in yeah. the opening credits. But Volnavia has like costume changes during it. It's great. Completely unexplained. Like yeah. she just goes downstairs and she's in a completely different outfit. Uh, who are the guys? Who are the guys playing the instrument? Are those like automatons, or are those like actual dudes? Uh, they're labeled Doctor Five's Clockwork Wizards, but it's pretty unclear. Okay, <laughs> they, they seem guess... to be animatronics that are vaguely miming. Yeah, uh, I was going to say because like there was a there was like a ten second shot where you can very clearly see the animatronic not even hitting the drums. Yeah, and also they have to like turn it on and stuff. But also when they come back from one of the killings, the they turn themselves on, and when he comes in, he turns them off. Wait, wait, wait. The, the what turns themselves on? The clockwork band starts playing on its own. Oh. The, the lever just flips over, and it starts playing. And then as soon as he gets back, he just goes and turns them back off. That's very, it's very funny. Like, I'm not in the mood for this now. <laughs> no, not now. Not now, not now. Um, there are... This is, this is just a thing, a, a line out of place that I wanted to call attention to, uh, is... Uh, the when when the when the inspectors come to the doctor Vesalius and are like, hey dude, like three of your three surgeons you've worked with died, and his response is, men die in my profession every day, which is such a funny <laughs> fucking thing for a doctor to say. I don't. It's, it's also what the I have no idea what the two superiors at the police office. I don't know what their ranks are, but uh-huh. the the lower boss also said medical men die every day. <laughs> I missed that. <laughs> They're risking their lives on the fields of on the fields of surgery. One errant scalpel can open a vein on their own wrist on accident. You open a you you open a chest cavity and bats, just bats, bats everywhere. It happens. You open up their spleen and what was causing the spleen issues? It was a full fucking. It was a fucking venomous cobra. It bites you. You're dead. We here on Fear Bending, we salute the brave do- the brave men and women who scrub up every day to to take risking, adders risking out of my tummy. Immense physical harm. <laughs> Honestly, just like everything that every scene of the detectives is just really funny. Yeah, it's it's very it's a very like it, it, it's 
It's always reminiscent. That kind of humor is always reminiscent of Thompson and Thompson from Tintin to me. I never really watched or read Tintin. Wow, really? I, I had you. I completely had you pegged as a Tintin person. It, I don't know why. It seems like I would, but I never have. Maybe it's just because you reblogged Gay Tintin Hospital once or twice on Tumblr. <laughs> yeah, probably. I just clocked everyone who ever interacted with that post as a Tintin liker like myself. No, I just like the idea of Gay Tintin Hospital. Gay Tintin Hospital is so fucking funny. Blair, please put, please either use it as the intro or outro music or play a sting here or at least put it in the show notes. Um, but so the, the killings are great. The first one is just like, uh, bats. They, he, like Dr. Five just lowers a, a cage of bats into this dude's bed and they are the like cutest looking little They are. They're, they're like, I think they're fruit bats. Yes, they absolutely are. (laughs) But like, like, and it's just like crawling on him and I'm just like, if that happened, I'd be so happy. I'd be like, (gasps) yeah. But apparently they, they like, bit him to death. They didn't, yeah. like, eat they, him or anything. They just bit him on the surface of his skin until, until he died. He yep. That, that sounds about right. Uh, I also liked when the rats showed up later. Those things were just so fucking cuddly and cute. <laughs> that was also very good. All the animals in this. Yeah. One of the rats was just, like, asleep in a coat, and they, like, panned over it menacingly when it's, like, curled up into a ball, <laughs> just, like, know. tucked into the pocket. <laughs> Hey man, what's going on? Just, just taking a nap. Like I if, I, crash, if I put I on crash my coat and now. put my hand in a pocket and I found a rat, I would be concerned. <laughs> but I think I would like it. I mean, I, I've often said I, it's been documented that my I I only like uh, controlled experiences with rats, which is why I have yeah. no love for the rats that live in my walls. But I don't know if a rat was in my coat pocket. He was just chilling. Was literally kind, just five Yeah, minutes. yeah. I'd be kind of amenable to that. Like, the rats at my walls, they fucking fight. And I'm not... I, 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 I feel like I should be clear. I'm not doing a bit. There are literal, like, rodents in my walls that fight all the time. Like, they squeak <laughs> and scratch, and it's great, and I love living here. It's it's fantastic. <laughs> I'm right next to nature. It's It lives in my walls. I do wonder where the rats were <laughs> in the plane exactly. They were just, they were, they were time, they were on a time delay. Yeah, they're like, they didn't, they, they were all asleep until he actually started the plane. Yeah. And got up in the air and they're like, what the fuck is going on? Oh God, I am, um, I watched this movie over the course of two days. Like I watched the first 45 minutes yesterday and the, the last 45 today. Um, but the, my favorite kill in the movie comes like right after the, the, oh, sorry. There's a very good visual gag that I love, uh, it, it, right when they're investigating the, the bedroom of the guy who got eat, his face eaten by bats mm-hmm. and they're like, the camera is like in kind of tight on two detectives oh, yeah. in the wardrobe. And then one of them says like, where's Crane? And then the camera just pans up because he's on top of the wardrobe. He's like, I'm up here. Yeah, I, I have a note. His name was Morgan. Apparently it says Morgan, here. Thank you. <laughs> Where are you? Up here, sir. <laughs> and the camera just, like, tilts, like, ten degrees. It's so funny. He's just funny. laying on his belly on top of a dresser. At yeah, which just, point, like, kicking his At which feet. point, then, Trout walks in one side of the dresser, walks <laughs> through it, and exits the other door of the dresser. Yeah! <laughs> it's, the visual like gag. Like, it's fucking Narnia. Speaking of visual gags, how do you feel about... So the internet is a buzz about Froggy Chair right now, but how about Froggy Mask? <laughs> the... The frog masks one is really great because if Hargraves had like p- 
paused for a response at any point during his scene, he might have noticed that he was talking to someone who couldn't respond. Yeah, because the the froggy mask is so fun because he's like he the 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 doctor is like he just walks up to Doctor Fives at a party and is like, "Hey, bro," because Doctor Fives is like wearing a mask too. He's like, "Bro, what's up?" And Fives is like, "Yo, I got this mask for you. Try it on." And he puts it on, and the thing is like it, it it's on a it's on a timer crank to tighten. And it eventually just squishes his head, and he falls down a big flight of stairs. It's great. He's, there's just, like, a jazz masquerade going on, and he's, like, yep. stumbling up the stairs until his head is crushed, and he falls back down. And yeah, then and his red, eyes turn red like, then gold, some, like and then some eye. red, And wa- then some red water sprays out of the mask. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, his eyes turn red like golden eye. Yeah. Oh, man. Da-da, Speaking of golden eye, I watched that movie again last night. That's a good fucking movie. Yeah. Like, aside from the... (laughs) There is a very weird part at the end where Bond does a racism to save himself. Like, he... (laughs) Like, he points out that... He points out that Sean Bean's character is a Cossack to some, like, racist Russian guy. And the racist (laughs) Russian guy is like, hmm, that changes my opinion. So, so Bond literally does a microaggression. It's it's that one Tumblr post that's like... I have no memory of this. If the if the if the only way the Earth could stop a meteor from flying out of it is if from someone would shout the N word, James Bond would do it. <laughs> <laughs> and then my friend Caradwin, uh, friend and former guest Caradwin noted, if there was a way that James Bond could get his drink five seconds quicker by saying the N word, he would do it. <laughs> Definitely true. The, yeah. the 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 frog mask scene also has has one of the. Uh, one of the great puns in the movie, which is when Hargraves is like, I'm a psychiatrist, actually. A head shrinker. And then Dr. <laughs> Fives looks directly into the camera. Oh my god, I missed that. <laughs> That's so good. Yeah, it, it only works if you know what's about to happen to Hargraves. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, this movie, this, I, I, I do definitely want to watch this movie with friends sometime now. Like, it's yeah. like a really good time. Uh, let me see. Uh, so the, the next victim is a doctor who is jerking off and drinking wine. He's, he's in, he's inventing being walked in on while watching porn. Yeah. Did did you know that this movie was set in the twenties? Is it? I never, I've seen this movie many times. I never realized it until this time because when Vesalius is going through the cases, he says he restricted it to cases from the last five years. Her grave says 1921 on it. It's no, it's no later than 1926 in the movie. Oh yeah, yeah, totally. That makes sense. That I never sense. noticed it before, but I was like, this it was the. I was like, was that were the 60s really like this? This seems, this seems very sexless. <laughs> yeah. So what does he have that he's watching his porno on? He's got like a hand cranked film projector, okay, uh, and so then he's... and then like an an opaque screen that he's set up in the doorway. To, yep. get, to project it on, and then as right, he's I'm crank as he's hand. standing there cranking it, his housekeeper comes up on the other side of the screen and just starts talking to him, and he's like, "Ah, uh, don't look. Uh, this, this is, is this, this is... is a a new thing on the market. It keeps out drafts." <laughs> <laughs> and uh, then then uh, what's the what's the five assistant's name? I can't remember. Volnavia. Well, maybe. Yeah, he gets back to, like, cranking and drinking wine and also cranking the other thing. 
Um, and then Volnavia walks in and is like, hello, I am sexy. And then they kind of just like, what do they do to him to get it? So they, they don't do anything. Like he just just, lets Volnavia tie him to a chair because he thinks it's going to be something great. And then Fives walks in and he's still like, well, maybe this will still be good. (laughs) Maybe, maybe. He, He really doesn't react until the moment that Fives jabs the, the needle into his arm. Yeah, at which, so, at which point they drain all of the blood out of his body. Yeah, it's slowly. pretty good. Very and he keeps he keeps all the blood in the room too. He puts it in bottles and puts the bottles on the mantle. That's very good. So when the detectives come, like, where's his blood? Up oh, there it is. You see, the problem the problem is that it's over here and it needed to be in here. In this man. Yeah. What if we took Patrick just Meme missed. Voice, Patrick Meme Voice? What if we took all of his blood and put it on the mantle? <laughs> oh my god! And then this is when we find out the core conceit of the killings. And uh, my oh, notes yeah, here he, say because he has the medallions that he he wears a different medallion every time he kills, yes. and then puts the medallion on wax models of the people that he killed and burns them. But Longstreet, when he Starts freaking out, knocks the medallion out of his hand, so the detectives find it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they this is the, they find out the they find out the uh, the the order of the killings, and it's the uh, my notes say this is Bible shit. I need to watch Prince of Egypt again. <laughs> yeah, I I can't find exactly like it sounds like Kitach, but I can't be sure of the spelling or pronunciation. But yeah, I do need so to watch they, Prince of Evil first. They First, they take it to a jeweler who they find made the thing, which I guess was just a coincidence. <laughs> Maybe he's the only jeweler around. You know, how uh, when, you know how in Go Fish, when you ask someone for a card and they say they don't have it, and then you pick up a card off the, off the top of the deck and it's the card you wanted? It's just kind of like that kind of luck. Yeah, they're like, ah, we have no idea what's going on. Hey, do you know what this is? Yes, I made it. Oh, okay. <laughs> just kind of uh, escort us through the, the, fuddy, the, the fuddling about... Yeah, the uh, the jeweler is a great character. He's so weird and rude. We do we do stand a rude jeweler. <laughs> Who ordered them? It was a lady, a woman. No, no, a lady. A lady. <laughs> when when Trout goes to leave at first, he's also he tries to call him back like a cat. He's like. <laughs> Hey, by the way, if someone did that to me, I would feel very insulted, but also come and meet. Like I would, like I would, I would be on my way immediately. Hey. I had to rephrase that because it sounded like I said I was gonna bust a nut. <laughs> oh, if you, if you, not I mean, not I'm, Trout. I'm, he's a very serious man. He's never, he's never come when anyone did him. Uh, let's see. Uh. So Vincent Price is sad about his dead wife. Oh yeah, Fives is played by Vincent Price. I should mention. Mention. Yeah. So this is the first time that you hear him speak because he cannot speak. Instead, he plugs like a like a a music cable, like a microphone cable, into a port on his neck and speaks through a a phonograph. Yeah, it's it's the same shit as like the it, it's the same concept as the whatever the hell those things that uh, heavy smokers who have had to have like throat surgery done have. Yeah, 
It's like a, it's a 19, 1920s version of that. And it sounds, it's really interesting because he, he emotes while he speaks, but he doesn't move his mouth because they've, they've dubbed him over it. Yeah. So he's, it, he's just sort of like not moving his mouth while he does a monologue. It's good acting. It is. Vincent Price is great. We do love him. <laughs> and also, I, I think at this point we've seen that, that his face is something that he has to put on. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's a... Oh, right, yeah. I, I remember, because it's one of the, the great pun crosscuts. Uh, it's, it's when they're taking the guy who got chewed up by bats out of the room. Uh, Trout says, don't take him out like that. At least cover up his face, what's left of it. And then it immediately cuts to, to the table where Fives' ears and nose are sitting out. And he's putting them back on to cover his face. It's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Volnavia's walking a dog. <laughs> this is, the, this is the, the Curse of Hail is next. The Curse but, oh, yeah. But I, I couldn't help but notice that Volnavia was walking a dog that is never seen before or after. <laughs> So, it's I mean, possible right, she found him. You do just kind of have when these these doctors do just kind of like acquire dogs. <laughs> the Volnavia and Fibes seem to acquire a lot of things. Yeah, Listen, they just have they just have whatever they need. He's yeah, had truly. he's had like five years to plan this. He got a dog just for this. He put it up. He made a reservation for a rental. Yeah. So this murder is oh, is this is this is the the ice one right right. I don't understand what they did with this one. So, well, one, I have to note that when the driver gets out, he he takes him out with a Vulcan nerve pinch. <laughs> he does. He totally does. And I can't tell if it's just that they didn't want to they didn't didn't want to have like a violent scene with Vincent Price because it was too much trouble, or it was supposed to be like because he's super strong. Or if it was actually a reference to Star Trek. I didn't check what year this was made. <laughs> I know it was. it's later than you think. It's one of Vincent Price's very latest movies. 1971. Yeah. So is that... Is that pre-Trek? When did that first air? 66. It ended... The first season of... the Or the original series ended in 69. So nice. yeah. Yeah, nice. And also, that was definitely an intentional Star Trek reference. Hell yeah, we love it. Uh, right, so he, he Vulcan nerve pinches the driver. And then they go over to the car where the doctor is sitting in the back. Volnavia puts a clockwork doll music box in the car for some reason. Yeah. It's, it's not clear why. You don't see it again. Uh, but she does do it. Uh, and then Fives, like, sticks, hooks a heat pump up to the engine and then sticks a hose from that through the driver's partition into the back and turns it on and freezes that compartment. <laughs> yeah, just turns him into a popsicle man. I'm not sure how they kept him in there, but they did. <laughs> they locked the doors. <laughs> I, I guess. He's, he didn't know how to operate them. He needed his driver. No, that's what, yeah, that's what, that's what you get for being rich. You don't know how to fucking do shit. Yep. Oh, driver, won't you save me? I'm so cold. <laughs> oh, sweet driver, please, driver. Could you turn up the heat? 
uh, let's see. They they go to the mausoleum and they find the empty caskets. Uh, they, they, this is also where they at at the at the beginning of the scene they have an ominous gravekeeper just for fun. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> the guys like fools, fools. They'll all be food for the worms soon. And he never he just doesn't appear again. And it doesn't mean anything. They just put him in there because that's what horror movies do. And this yeah, movie is shit. like this movie is is like pro is almost like proto cabin in the woods in how much it like intentionally evokes tropes just just because they have to be there. Yeah. Uh I also I don't think that they one thing is I don't think that they originally planned to have the sequel. Because the the joke of the ending is he buries himself before they come in. So we see him die, and then they come in and speculate that, well, they didn't see him die, so surely he's out there somewhere planning his next attack. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, like, you know, the opposite of how it always goes, like, where they think he's dead. But in this case, they just, they have no idea that he just buried himself in the room yeah. that they're standing in. <laughs> he's like, I, he's like, he's like, I, Mr. Crane, I'm about to head out. <laughs> All right, Dr. Vesalius, have fun with your kid. I'm going to go die. Yeah. <laughs> Fiby is drinking a 40 in the death basket. <laughs> uh, so they... Yeah, so they get to the... The next death is the very fun rats one with the cute little... With the cute little rats. Oh, wait, we missed something. We missed... This is only really notable for one reason. They missed that the, the scene where they go see old Darrow at the music shop, who I guess new fives as an organist oh yes he plays he plays the organ a lot in the movie but the reason i note this is that old darrow has headphones on and he's listening to music in his headphones what's he listening to Uh, classical music probably but i'm just like did they have those what would be the fun maybe they did it's pre-world war ii what would be the funniest thing for him to be listening to on his beats by dre (laughs) Uh, let's see. What's the funniest I think thing? Pretty, I think it'd be pretty funny if he was listening. If he was listening to the song "Doctor Dick," he's <laughs> listening to the Monster Mash, which is, of course, sung by him. No, I actually rather it's not the Monster Mash. It was the uh, the like the fifth sequel to the Monster Mash that the Monster <laughs> Mash guy tried to make to stay culturally relevant. <laughs> oh, we're got we've gotten down to fives. I'm all out of monsters. <laughs> this is the fifth. Do, do, do. The monster fifth. Do, 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 do. He killed the fifth with frost. And then I don't even know how the original Monster Mash goes. <laughs> they did the mash. They uh, did the monster mash. Um, so there's the rat plane one where the guy like goes up in the plane and then all of a sudden the rats are there and they make him crash his plane. Yeah, um, and, and Fibes and Volnavia have a picnic. While this is happening. Yeah. Literally, Volnavia is playing the violin and Fives is watching through a telescope. Yeah, as as soon as soon as as um the the pilot goes down as soon as the pilot goes down, Fives like spins his, his <laughs> He uh, spins his telescope around and starts clapping. Yeah. <laughs> it's very good. My pro- my probably favorite death is the one that comes next though. Yeah, that that's definitely the best one. In between, though, is where the 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 five sir thing comes from. When uh, 
they, they're talking about the car that Tom drove to get there. And they're like, he's like, I'm going, I was going over 90 miles per hour. I think I burst a couple of engine seals. Like, whose car is this? And the chief comes up and he's like, who moved my car? <laughs> then he, at the end of the scene, he drives it off screen. And, and then, then you we... just hear it completely fall apart. Yeah, I, my, my note just says LMAO, the, the police commissioner's car just explodes off screen. <laughs> um, so the next death, they just go and, like, they start talking to this doctor, and they don't get, like, two sentences into meeting this guy before, like, he opens a window and a fucking unicorn horn comes in and impales him. <laughs> yeah, he's, they're, they're walking him out the front door of, a, of, like, a country club or something. Yeah. <laughs> they, they open the doors for him and just... A unicorn flies in and nails him to the wall. Yep, a copper unicorn head. I, I think it, I, I'm assuming it's a head. We don't see the rest of it. It could well be. Oh, a full it, it is. It's just the. It's just the head. Um, but it's really funny because then we get the scene because the guy is pinned to the wall by it, and like we see the we see the thing go through the wall, and we we only see it from the back. We don't actually see them doing this action. But there, but someone says, "Oh, okay, it's a reverse corkscrew." So we have to, and then we pan the camera to like behind the wall, and we just see like the corpse's legs like spinning as they unscrew the unicorn horn from the wall. It is definitely the funniest shot in the movie. It's great, and the guy behind the wall is like, "Can you keep it down out there? Can't we have some quiet in this club?" That's then. There's a the next scene has one of my favorite favorite lines. So like when they're they're talking to the chief. And he's, he's talking about how bad they fucked up and how, like, hey, you guys actually, by some accident, arrived before the crime happened this time, but it still <laughs> happened. And, like, Trout goes to leave and he's like, where are you up to now? The lavatory, sir. Highly appropriate. Uh, um, and then the next thing that happens is that they're, like, they're in a hospital, right? Because they're they're trying to lock down this one nurse who was also responsible for the surgery. And right. they're like, hey, you're really fucking unsafe. Go lie down. And she's like, no. And then Dr. Vesalius shows up and is like, hey, go lie down. And she's like, um, I mean, I guess okay. And we pan to the room above her where she's sleeping. The room above where she's sleeping where Dr. Fives has, like, created a, a, an outline of her which he uses to cut a hole in the floor so that he can drip boiled Brussels sprouts and leafy greens through and then feed... So he he completely covers her face and I guess it hardens. I, I guess that's what Brussels sprout essence does. And it probably already killed her at that point. But then he releases locusts into the room. And yep. then they eat her whole face. So the, when, when, uh, when Trout and everyone comes back in, she's just like a skull with a bunch of locusts crawling on it. Yeah, like they just, they absolutely like turn her into a skeleton in five minutes. It's great. <laughs> it's, it's really good. I guess they, they ate all the Brussels sprout and were like, oh, might as well keep going. Yeah, I mean, nowhere to go but down. Uh, what happens? Next? This is also in when when he's taking her to his room. They're in the elevator with Fives, who is going to the next floor so he can kill her. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, he just kind of keeps his back to them, and they don't really like look at him. Yeah. Uh, the uh, the <laughs> the the cop the the, the officer is like Doctor Vasorius. You have to do this. You have to call. You have to do this. You have to do that. You have to do. And then Viserys is like, yes, quite right. And then knocks the cop the fuck out with his phone. <laughs> I think you, you skipped the part, which is uh, 
the the great and ominous line, have you considered the death of the firstborn? <laughs> and he's like, and the thing the, about Viserys is that like Viserys is like, well, my brother's in fine condition, so I don't see anything to worry. My brother's already dead, so I don't know what there is to worry about. And then, and then it, <laughs> for like, the first time, they're like, like, oh my god, what about your son? <laughs> no one had thought about it before him. So they go back to the house, and he's just gone. They're like, oh, well, fuck. <laughs> yeah, because Dr. Viserys has taken him, and then we get his whole, his final masterstroke, and there's this really good shot of, of, uh, because Viserys tra- tracks down Fives and goes to where he's supposed, quote, supposedly supposed to go, because he gets a call from Fives, uh, and is like, hey, I've got your son, come, come. He gets, he gets two calls for some reason. The yeah, the first, first time he answers the phone, Fives just mashes a bunch of organ keys into it really, really loudly, and yeah. then hangs up. Yep. <laughs> then he calls him back to be like, I have your son. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I'm so, sorry if that wasn't clear. Yeah, no, that, that, it was not. Thank you for clarifying. Uh, Viserys uh, uh, like gets there and is like, hey, let my son go. And Viserys and, and Five is like, no, you have to save him and go operate. Like, you have as much time as my wife had on your operating table. So and it, it, if you don't this, do it by th- this, this scene basically is where the Saw movies come from. Uh-huh. So the the setup is he has placed a, he has cut open his son and stuck a key inside him to the locks that are holding him to the surgery table and then put a big plastic thing that's going to in 6 minutes drip acid on his face above him. So now the doctor has to cut him open and get the key so that he can save him. That sounds like that sounds like math. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's it, it. It's a saw trap. It is. It is just a literal saw it's, trap. It's it's literally saw. Yeah. Uh, but then uh, he does it. He does the surgery. But Fives <laughs> like Fives like fucks off. Is like okay, I'm gonna go be with my wife now. GG, I win. No re. He he comes back out while in the middle of the surgery, and Vistalis is just like, for God's sake. And Fives is like, I have the power of God and anime on my side. <laughs> uh, then, and he, then he tells, he tells Volnavia, go now and destroy all I have created, which is apparently code for take this axe and go chop up some of those wall paintings. Yeah, that because that's what she does. And then Volnavia tries to like defend the the surgery from the cops. I, I think they the... just chase her down. Like they yeah, they, they come they... in and chase her down. They chase her down, and she stands directly underneath the acid bath that com- that's going to come in. That's supposed to hit uh, full navy, full vi- vol- Lem, the sun. Vesurius, Vesurius's kid, the sun. Yeah. Um, and she just takes a whole face full of it and just fucking beefs it. And then Fives crawls into his wife's tomb and is like, "Okay, we're done now. We win. Good night." So he he plugs him. He plugs uh the the same like hose system that he used to drain Longstreet. He plugs that into his arm, but we see that while it's taking the blood out, it's putting embalming fluid in. So he's literally just mummifying himself while alive. It's 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 great. He he just says, I don't need this. I don't need this blood or juice or bones anymore. And just <laughs> collapses himself into a single into just like a, 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 into a into he turns himself into a corpse and then gets into bed and then goes to bed <laughs> and he wins 
And that's that is, of course, the tenth plague, darkness. Yep. Oh, we didn't mention the face thing. <laughs> oh yeah, he totally takes off his when, face at one point. <laughs> when uh when he's explaining the acid trap to, to Vesalius, he's like when the acid hits him, your son will have a face like mine. And he tears off like his nose and ears and stuff and has like a scary zombie face under it where it's, it's all been good. melted. He looks uh, like the Night King. Yeah, pretty much. Then he, and before he can bury himself, he has to go put the face back on. Yeah. It's like, ah, shit, wait, hang on. I still need this. That feeling when you take your pants off before you brush your teeth for the night, you're like, oh, I don't really want to put pants oh, back on. I have to, I gotta put my face back on so I can taxidermy myself. But that's the, that's the abominable Dr. Phoebes, Fibes. It's, uh, it's I thought fun. it was a really fun movie, and I'm definitely excited to watch it again in a couple of months when I am like, hey, I want to watch this movie again, because I definitely will be. Yeah. I've watched it like four times at this point, I think. It's, I, I definitely enjoyed the hell out of it. Thank you for bringing this to the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> also, I, I wanted to note that for no real reason, the end credits music is somewhere over the rainbow. <laughs> I mean, listen. <laughs> you know? You know? You, 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 sometimes you just know. Sometimes you know, and sometimes you go over the rainbow. But anyways, um, we didn't get any questions this week, so we're just going to go straight into recommendations. And do you have anything? Yes. I'm going to recommend another movie that was inspired by this besides Saw and Seven, which are the obvious ones, which is yep. uh, The Phantom of the Paradise. Uh, it is a movie by Brian De Palma, director of Scarface. Uh, and the villain is played by Paul Williams, who also did the music and is better known as the man who wrote Rainbow Connection for the Muppets. Okay. Uh, and it is a rock opera horror sort of parallel to the Rocky Horror Picture Show. It came out, it was made at the same time, like, by coincidence. That was just the zeitgeist. Oh, uh, yeah. Except, that... it's, except it's, like, good. Yeah. <laughs> except it's really good. Except it's really good and not like, not like that. <laughs> it's not like that. It's, there are parts where it's a little bit like that, but it's always like, it's only like the villain who ever says anything like negative about it. Well, that's like good the, one of One of the, the, the rock star that, that the villain gets to perform the opera that he steals is very, very clearly and like, I, it's pretty explicitly a gay guy. All right. What was it called again? Uh, Phantom of the Paradise. Phantom of the Paradise. Okay, thank you. I will keep that one in mind. But this time, I'm going to recommend the anime Anohana, The Flower We Saw That Day, which is a really good, really uh, sad anime that I watched with my girlfriend. It's 11 episodes long. It is about a group of five friends dealing like dealing with the trauma of losing their... Dealing with like a trauma that they never really dealt with because... Like, six years ago, they they uh, they were a group of six friends, but one of them died tragically, and now they're five friends, and a, a, the ghost of the sixth one has started showing up, and they're trying to figure out why the fuck this ghost is back. And it's really good, it's really sad, it's really funny. I liked it a lot. I recommend you watch it, and keep a box of tissues nearby, because you you will cry. Love to cry. Spoiler, spoiler alert, it will make you have emotions and feelings. Oh. You know, feelings... Mm, not familiar. 
Yeah, me neither. It, it made me feel like something close to it, though. I, I, I have been told what feelings are, and it felt, I, I felt something that was kind of like that. Anyways, uh, Am, thank you so much for coming on this podcast again. Where can people find you online? You can find me at Am. Or offline on... if you want to dox yourself, I guess. Like, I wouldn't recommend it, but you can. I don't exist offline. Okay. Uh, you can find me at, at Ann, A-N, underscore, Gremlin on Twitter and most other places, I suppose. All right. Uh, if you want to find us, we are Fear Baiting Everywhere, which is Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, and also Patreon. Patreon.com slash Fear Baiting is where you can go to support this podcast. $1 a month gets you uh, early access to the episodes when we get them out early, as well as uh, any bonus content we may do. Pa- this Patreon also helps support The Wonder Yerks, which is the sister podcast that I do with Sarah, or no, I'm Sarah, with Seda, who provides <laughs> the music for this podcast, and Blair, who is doing the editing this week. So thank you very much to the two of them. Go listen to The Wonder Yerks if you want to hear all three of us activating and working in per- working in perfect harmony at like a like a Dragon Ball Z fusion. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so five bucks a month gets you access, to, uh, gets you your name right on the podcast, as well as a short message if you're choosing. It. And ten bucks a month gets you to make us watch a horror movie. So uh, thank you very much to Michael Kaiser, Paul Moran, Kit Spindler, Paul Bechtel, and Ducky Aisha. We love you all so very much. Uh, like I said, thank you to Seda for uh, the music uh, on this episode. You can find their music under People You Meet Outside of Bars or GayGothVibes.online if you want a simple handy URL to get to where you want to go. Thank you very much to Noisepace.xyz and its owner, Matt GameCube, for hosting this as well as the other podcasts that I do, such as the previously mentioned The Wonder Years or Henry Kissinger's Pokemon Going to Die, the leftism podcast that I am a part of. And I, if you want to find me, I'm on Twitter at SunHatGenya, S-U-N-H-A-T-Z-H-E-N-Y-A. Uh, so again, Anne, thank you so much for coming on. You're welcome. It was fun. I, love, I like to make people watch this movie. It's good. I liked it. Uh, But until next time, uh, I'm Sarah. I'm Anne. And remember, you can put a fucked up guy anywhere. Good night, everyone. (laughs)